0: welcome to highway christian community sermon downloads for more sermons please visit our website we know you will be blessed as you listen take care and god bless good morning everyone it's been a while since i've been up here and um just a, a little bit of context for what what is going on and transpiring firstly um, we've been in the country 10 years, and we arrived in the UK, in, from the UK to South Africa fairly well, very broken. Um, after spending 14, 15 years church planting in the UK, wheels fell off. Came here, broken. We we're only going to come to South Africa for one year, and here we are, 10 years later. But this church has been a church of restoration for us. It's been a, it's been a place where um, I, 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 wanna, I, I want to um, just. Thanks, Steve, because Steve said we were in a few other churches, and a lot of churches have a lot of conditions. If you're going to play on the stage, you've got to go to all the prayer meetings, read the Bible, tithe, wash the pastor's car, and there's a whole long list of things you've got to do. And I said to Steve, I said, Steve, I really love to lead worship, but I've got to tell you, I haven't got the stomach to get involved in all of that stuff. He just said, just come as you are. He said at that time, Kerry wasn't, wasn't ready to come back to church. And that's absolutely fine. And he never put any pressure on my wife to come to church at all. In fact, in the last, all six years, there's never been any pressure. And that alone has been the part of the restoration. He allowed a place for us to be able to restore at the pace the Holy Spirit was taking us. And for that, we want to really say thank you, Steve. It's just been a place of restoration. So So it's, uh, it's going to be a bit of an emotional morning, but um, so... Uh, Nine years ago, sitting somewhere around here at a Rob Bell, Rob Rob Rufus meeting, get the right Rob. I had a tap on the shoulder and a good friend of mine, Mike Ward, who I was on church planters with 17 years before that, said, I can't believe it's you. And I said, I can't believe it's you. I tried to ignore him for 17 years. And um, we had a coffee and, and I had this crazy idea of how we could save energy for very large companies. No one had ever done it before and it required borrowing millions of rands to do it and i I told mike this crazy idea and he if you know mike he's a he's a gizmo on spreadsheets he spends a whole night getting really excited and uh puts his spreadsheet together how anyone gets excited about a spreadsheet i have no idea he phones me the next morning he says we got to do this business we got to do this business so i say okay well where we're going to find a couple million rand from he says he, he knows somebody introduces me to somebody and um over the last nine years we've built a business up to 50 employees that has a global reach. God has been really, really gracious. And some of the guys at work are here. And so as a result, um, the business in South Africa has grown really well. And um, I've done the great job of working myself out of a job. Um, and so the, the team in Energy Drive has asked if I would go to the UK and just give it a, a kick and take charge of it and grow it for the next 12 to 24 months. So what I've been doing is been doing two months in South Africa and one month in the UK, and all we're going to do is switch switch that around, do two months in the UK and a month back here. So you will see a lot of us around, um, but just not as much as we go. You all understand where we're going, so we're not running away. We're just changing our focus. But Steve asked me if I would just say a few words, preach, share something, and there is a there's a life message inside me that that I've carried ever since uh, I believe. I found that moment when Jesus took away my sins, hence the songs. And so I just wanted to share this life message with you. I guess lots of us have life messages, and this life message is simply this. If you can put it up on the screen for me. It's a heart of joy. Because I believe that without a heart of joy, we're dead in the water. Without a heart of joy, we have nothing that the world can't give you to be totally honest with you, the, the, the USP of being a born-again Christian, a Christian who knows Christ, is a heart of joy. If you don't have it, you ain't got it. It really is as simple as that. If you, ain't ha- if you don't have it, you ain't got it. And I, I just have, my heart has been full of the joy of the Lord from a little kid. But this 10 years has been a journey of me strip, a stripping away of religion, there's been a stripping away of religion. Again, Steve has been very gracious. There's been times when the stripping away of religion almost stripped away my faith. And some of you have probably been there where you're asking questions of your faith, deep-rooted questions. Even does God really exist? Is this just a game? And Steve, right through it all, didn't throw his toys out the cot. We, we wrestled together. But you know what God is? God has his wonderful... He doesn't let go of you. And when you're stripping yourself away of religion... He just has his way of getting back through you. And I would say today, I'm stripped of my religion, but I'm stronger in my faith. And the journey to a heart of joy starts with a stripping of religion. Because religion is everything that joy isn't. Um, religion is what I was brought up in. It, it's a bunch of rules and regulations and things you have to do. But, but the whole real power of the gospel of Jesus is joy, unspeakable and full of glory, Right? We used to sing in the Pentecostal church. I got this joy, joy, joy deep down in my heart. The trouble is it's so blinking deep down, no one had it. it we're, well, the church is always the most miserable bunch of people. I promise not to swear. Um, I ever knew. And I remember, I'm going to get a shock in my life when, because I always thought that Anglicans were the Antichrist. So... Um, I remember going to this meeting and seeing this vicar, and there was just something beaming out of this vicar's, I mean, I thought he was on drugs to start with, but the closer I got to him, there was something like emulating out of this guy. It was infectious. And it, it was, I thought, you can't be saved. You're an Anglican, for goodness sake. God doesn't save Anglicans. But there's a USP about knowing God, and the USP is a heart of joy. And this morning, I want to talk about finding your heart of joy again. So, what isn't joy? Next slide. I haven't got my clicker thing. Joy is not an emotion. Happiness is an emotion. Sadness is an emotion. Despair is an emotion. How many of you ever had an emotion once? Anyone knew anyone that had an emotion? The entire German nation don't know what I'm talking about right now, but the rest of us do. But you see, emotions are fleeting, they come and go. But the trouble with the world today is that the world is chasing happiness. Uh, The world is chasing uh, a sense of euphoria. They love texting because it releases endorphins that make you happy. And that's why we're constantly addicted to our phones, right? We're constantly looking for things to make us happy. um, Constantly looking for ways of masking sadness. Constantly looking for uh, chemicals that will make us feel close. But these are just fleeting emotions. So this isn't what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a heart of happiness. You cannot be happy all the time. And it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel sadness. It's okay to grieve. These are real, genuine, bona fide emotions that we need to lean into because they're real. Stripping back of religion allows us to face what we actually are feeling and say it out loud. I feel disappointed. I feel grieved. I feel angry. I feel, but they are feelings. So the joy of the Lord is not a feeling. Next slide. The joy of the Lord. Next slide. Is strength. It's that gutsy something that it doesn't matter what the heck hell it's going on. I am grounded, stood, unmovable, solid unchanging because of the joy of the Lord. Anyone know that? I have the privilege, the great privilege of one day meeting my dad again with a brand new appreciation because my dad was full of the joy of the Lord. There was something rooted and grounded. You ever been around someone that's rooted and grounded? And it does seems no matter what's going on about around them, there is something that is strong. This quote by Rick Warren, I love it. It's, I'm going to read it to you. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. I'm going to say that again because if there was a black American church, you'd be pulling your hankies out right now. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of every detail of my life. Amen. You're not getting it. I'm going to say it again. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. Amen. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. <laughs> I don't it now, Richard. And the determined choice, the determined choice to praise God in every situation. I stood in a car park two years ago and we were six hours away from losing our business. We were about to go under and one of the employees actually sits here and doesn't know this. I stood in the car park and I said, God, I know that what you have started, you will finish. And there is a quiet assurance That it's gonna be okay. And I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pressed but not crushed. Persecuted, not abandoned, struck down, but not despair. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's not an emotion. Happiness comes from what others say, but joy comes from what God says. What has God said? What has God said? You see, when you stand in the car park facing the ruin of your own business, the only thing you have left is what has God said? What has God said? Because that's the joy of the Lord that comes from the word of God that dwells richly Inside of you, Nehemiah eight ten it says, this, the joy of the Lord is my strength." You all know that the story of Nehemiah is fantastic. But he, what is he saying? Saying to the Israelites who are coming out of captivity, when all around them and everything in, in sight is pointing to destruction, slavery, and being bound, but yet Nehemiah prophesies. You know, prophecy does. Prophecy speaks how you will be tomorrow, not how you are today. And he prophesies to them, "Let the joy of the Lord be your strength." It says no matter what the circumstances around you or what you're going through or what you're feeling or what emotion you may be feeling right now, it doesn't take away from the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. And because of that joy, something rose up in a whole Israeli nation where the Israelites could no longer hold them down. Sounds like a million songs coming to my mind. talked to some of the Holocaust survivors, and one of the only things that kept some of them going was the fact that they knew that they knew that God was there in the camp with them. You see, the joy of the Lord isn't about making your life nice. The joy of the Lord is about God being with you in the mess. Tell that to a Holocaust survivor. Tell that to Paul in Philippians, Philippians, when he's in jail and says, again, I say, rejoice. I've been beaten one lashing less than death. I've been shipwrecked. I've been persecuted, thrown into jail. And yet I still thank God. I still praise God. I still put the name of God on my lips because the joy of the Lord is my strength. So I love this scripture. It's this my mom's favorite scripture. She say, "Dave, weeping comes at night, but joy comes in the morning." Dave, weeping comes at night, but joy comes in the morning. It's an assurance. It's a gutsy kind of in your face problem. You might be having your moment in the spotlight, But joy is coming in the morning. We've got a Pentecostal meeting going on here. I can feel it. But the more I strip back religion, the more rooted I get right back into those early days where something grounded and determined and in your face starts to rise from within you. To be a Christian does not mean to be religious. Talk to my friends at work. They'll know I'm not religious. But it does mean being rooted and grounded. It's a weeping manger for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It's hope, the joy of the Lord, hope. But let's ask this question then. Where does joy reside? So where does it live? Well, joy resides... In our heart. The heart is the container of joy. And his comes, here we come to the life scripture that I carry and will carry around. If you talk to my kids, they know it off by heart because that's what they heard me say to them almost every day. Above all else. Above all else. When a scripture says above all else, it's a pretty important scripture. Would you agree? It's a fairly important scripture. So above all else, God your heart for everything you do flows from it. Think about that. Don't just, don't just nod along. Just think about this. Above everything, God, your heart for everything you do flows from it. Think of it. Everything that you do, your life right now, It's flowing from a place called your heart. The condition of your heart determines the outflow of your being. The condition of your heart determines the outflow of your being. If all that comes out of your mouth is curse, judgment, cynicism, then what is the condition of your heart? If all around you is destroy and destruction and sadness, then what is the condition of your heart? Above all else, are you getting this? The most important thing, I used to say to my kids, is God your heart. It's the only one you're going to get. So what does that mean? Luke 6.45, from the out of the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the treasure of his heart brings forth evil. But out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Isn't that fantastic? If you want to know what someone is like, listen to them for a while. Just listen to them for a while. The second thing, if you want to know what someone's like, see where they spend their money. That's the other thing. Because where a man's treasure is, there his heart will be also. See where a man spends his money, you'll know where his heart is. So what causes our hearts a loss of joy? Proverbs 13, 12. you want to put that up for me? Next slide. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Sick heart, tree of life. Which one do you want? Sick heart, tree of life. Sick heart, tree of life. This is the reason, it's the essence of why we lose the joy. Because we had hope in the wrong place. Hope deferred, i.e. hope in the wrong place, makes the heart sick. I've sat with many, many broken pastors who no longer ever want to be in the ministry because someone said to them, one day they'll move from that seat to this place. And they waited and they waited and they waited 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And they saw other people take their place. And they were promised by the pastor, you'll have this stage. And eventually their heart came so sick that they walked out the door and never came back again. Where was their hope? The hope wasn't in God. The hope was in a pastor. I know plenty of people who've given up their faith because someone once said, God's going to give you a child and that they're still barren 30 years later. I know people who have got a false sense of religion where God was supposedly going to give you a life of roses and you're going to be abundantly blessed and you'll, you'll have money just pouring out and yet 20 years later you're still struggling for every penny and your heart has got hard and you've given up on God and you hell do want to be in church again because hope deferred makes the heart sick. You've given up on God because you're in a marriage and you were praying and you were fasting and you thought, someone said, if you did a 21-day Daniel fast, your marriage would be restored. But actually what they should have said, if you stop being a moron, your marriage would be restored. And so they blame God because they fasted and prayed but continued being a moron. And their heart got hard and they left church. Anyone else? Shall I go on? Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. And our churches are full of people that profess to have known Jesus for 30 years and they are the most sick-hearted people I've ever met. Unhappy, depressed, moaning, cynical, fearful. Because hope deferred makes our heart sick. Where does the joy of the Lord live? In your heart. Guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. The USP of Christianity is joy. Lose that, you've lost everything. Unique selling proposition. It's a technical term. The fact is that there are people this morning in this church, as there are in every church around the world, that are actually disappointed with God. You're just sick to the back teeth with Him, to be honest. He's let you down over and over again. I bought into the lie, God. I bought into that thing that when I give my life to you, my life's going to be fine. I bought into that. No, you bought into the lie the preacher gave you. I bought into the lie that if I keep giving 10% of my money, the barns will be full and there'll be storehouses full of everything and yet I'm tithing and yet I'm as broke as I was before. Because you're not going to get joy out of a system. There's a few more cows coming. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled like a tree of life. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. So what is the fruits? Go back. Go back. It's me jumping ahead. What are the fruits of a broken heart or a heart that doesn't have God ruling and reigning in it? Cynicism. Anyone here cynical? Yeah, I've heard this before. Seen that, done that. Oh yeah, I know exactly what happened. Three fast ones, two medium ones, two slow ones. Tongues, interpretation, tithes, offerings, preach, we will go home. I did that all my life. 18 years of that. Impatience and judgment. Anyone judgmental and impatient? Who do they think they are? have only been in church five minutes and they're on the stage. I've been here 20 years. All I got to do is do a notice once and then he cut me short. Sense of being overwhelmed. When we lose a grip of who we are in Christ, suddenly we're at sea. Because the joy of the Lord is our anchor that holds us str- felt. I love that all the Pentecostal words come out Set, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Anyone feel they don't belong anymore? It's because our hearts have lost its joy. So King David starts in Psalms 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And fear. Create in me a clean heart, O God, <laughs> renew a right spirit in me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Have you ever got to that place when you've been on your journey of stripping religion that suddenly you feel like you stripped it so back that the Holy Spirit's left? I've got there. I've stripped and questioned and wagged my finger at God for so long that when I stood, actually looked at myself in the mirror, I felt completely empty. But that's good because God sometimes gets you to that point because you need to be full of the Spirit, not full of religion. And then he starts a, a journey of filling you with the Spirit. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Now we're going to finish this. Uh, morning service with that song that we started with, where we talk about the joy of my salvation. And um, I'm going to pray that the joy of the Lord comes and fills more people's hearts this morning. Because the joy of the Lord is something that isn't just for a moment, but it's something that's going to fill us for eternity. How do we protect this heart? The first thing we need to do is we need to let go and let God off the hook for all the promises that we thought He said to us, but actually He didn't. This morning, you need to let God off the hook for some of that stuff, because all that stuff He didn't actually say to you. You know what God said? He said this. He said, I'll be with you in the storm. I'll be with you through the mess. He didn't promise you a garden of roses. He promised you a life with Him, which is better than a life... Without him. And we need to let God off the hook of having a life that's rosy. And go back to finding the joy of God in the situation. I always shudder when I hear people praying to God and, and telling God about the problem, like God doesn't know, right? I love that when Psalms say, I even run to the ends of the earth, and there you are. You're like you're like, you're like always with me. It's like, I can't go to the bathroom without you being there. He has seen you literally naked. He still loves you. Believe me. Only a mother can love that sometimes. There is absolutely nothing you can hide from him. And that's what religion does. It's so nutty. Religion thinks that God didn't see the porn. That God closed his eyes to the lie. That somehow God wasn't there when you did that. That's just nuts. nuts. And if he still loves you then, how much more does he love you now? <laughs> so stop pretending. Stop living a farce. Just be you. You can't become holy. You just are holy. <laughs> I'm getting excited about this. This, this, just, this is what it's about, I guess. Alright, couple of things and we're gonna close it here. What other couple of things that we can do to help guard our hearts? Next slide. First one is this gratefulness. Start a spiritual discipline regime of gratefulness. Take five seconds and tell someone sitting next to you one thing you're grateful to God for. Go. Gratefulness. Be ye grateful. Go back to saying grace, not because it's religion, just because you're really grateful. And in my house, being grateful of food is just a great thing, especially in a house full of vegans. Thank the Lord for meat. Be grateful. Be happy. Be thankful. Philippians 5, in all these things, give thanks to the God, for God, for this is my will in you, Christ Jesus. If you want to know God's will, it's easy. Just be thankful. That's it. It's not more complicated than that. Second discipline. Something my dad taught me, and I've done amazingly bad at it recently, but we're going to do it better. Always have some money in your pocket to give it away. Give stuff away. Give it away. Just give it away. Give it away. Are you getting it? Give it away. Give it away. Whatever it, is, give it away. Except a Harley, you can't give those away. They're God's blessings. The rest of it, you can give away. Just letting you know. Harleys are just for the special people that God really likes. <laughs> a generous person will prosper, and whoever refreshes others will be Refreshed. Refreshing, what are we talking about? Refreshing the joy, the heart, our generosity. Meditation, who likes to meditate? I've tried it once. If you ever want to remember everything you forgot, meditate. you remember it all. It'll all come flooding back. They say you should have a notebook next to your thing when you meditate. I need a ream of paper. But meditation isn't just about getting into the lotus position, which I can't do anyway. Meditation is just on him, I think. It's the same when you were in love. You remember that all those years ago? When you were in love, you just meditated on her. Yeah? Now it's usually cars and bikes and things. But, you know, it starts off with her. You meditate on her. Day and night I meditated. I thought... Because whatever you put your mind on, energy starts to flow. I go loads of scriptures about bring every thought into captivity to Christ, etc., etc. Meditation. You know what I like about meditation? When you've given God center or you've centered yourself in God, you become aware. Awareness is one of the biggest tools that you'll have For being used by God. Because when you're aware of others, you become aware of where they're at. How many times have you just brushed past someone completely oblivious to where they're at? I have a habit in my work. I walk in the door and I make sure I greet everyone. And I hug them all and I make them feel really uncomfortable. Because I want to connect. I want to feel. I want to know where are they Because when you are aware of people around you, you're suddenly useful to God. The Holy Spirit can go off like a little radar and go, this person needs coffee. This person needs five miles distance. This person needs some encouragement. How aware are you of people around you? Are you just one of these guys or girls that just spends like here? Become aware. Next one, humility. Humble heart. But the thing I love about humility is it leads us to this word which I love more than anything, and I'm going to skip right to it, is kindness. Just be kind. Just be kind. Practice kindness. Practice kindness when you buy your food. Practice kindness at work. Practice kindness at home. I'm going to embarrass my daughter-in-law who's sitting here and she just has really challenged me around be kind with your words. I grew up in a family full of boys and suddenly I have a daughter-in-law living in my same house and I'm learning to be kind. Kindness comes out of empathy. You know what empathy is? Choosing to feel what someone else feels. Empathy is choosing to feel what someone else feels. It's not, sympathy is, oh, shame, you'll get over it. Empathy is, let me understand how you feel. Even though there are four glaring P's that you're going to give them to help them out of it, now is not the time to give them the four P's. So all of you that have T in your personality traits, learn empathy. Some of you won't know what I'm talking about. Learn empathy, choosing to feel how someone else feels. The result of empathy and kindness is that your heart will be full of joy. The result of a joyful heart is that you become strong and rooted and grounded. The result of a strong, rooted, and grounded person is they're unmovable and they're able to take anything that the world throws at them. Because it is no longer I that live. But it's Christ that lives in me, the hope of glory. Let's stand.